Welcome back to The Bridged in Beacon and part two in this series with Director of Marketing for Overdivest Nurseries, David Wilson. Quickly. Do you cut them back by hand? We used to, and yes, we still do. But our engineer at Overdivest invented a pruning machine. So this is, I think we have seven of them. And these are towed behind the tractor. And it's really neat in that if I describe briefly how it works. I'd love to hear about it. Tractor. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's we have all our plants on what we call beds. And the tractor and this pruning machine goes down the middle of these beds. And two men are working, two people are working on it and one person feeds the plants in at the front of it. It goes round on a system of conveyor belts, goes into a turntable which spins around, and then there are blades like scissors that come down and they shape it and it comes out the other end and it looks like they can. these blades can be set at different angles and different heights. But if we're doing something like an evergreen, a uh, coniferous species, these are boxwoods or something like that. When you see them come out the other end, they look like they came out of a pencil sharpener. <laughs> and, of and of course, the thing is that because it's done by machine, it's all identical. They look like peas in a pod. Wow. Uh, and people want that reliability uh, well, and consistency. Yeah, and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that consistency, that's what it's all about. Having Because if you've got them in a garden center and you're walking in there, it's really neat if you're able to, if you're planting say, a hedge or a screen or something, and you look down and they're all exactly the same. Well, you can get off then to a nice, mm -hmm. consistent, even start. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you're doing it by hand, which is the old way, and still we do that with some things. If you do it by hand, well, if somebody's right-handed and somebody's left-handed, and you know, mm -hmm. you might do it at seven o'clock in the morning, you might do one absolutely perfectly. Well, you know, by sort of late, 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 late evening, and your arms are getting tired. Well, it may not be quite clipped. As, how as often? Well as I mean, how often? In the morning. How often do you cut them back, or do you just do it once before you ship it out to the garden oh, center? Oh no. Oh, no, no, right throughout the life of the plant. We start out with those baby plants, I see. trimming those, getting them bushy. And then depending on the life of the crop, um, you know, they would be trimmed maybe five, six, seven times. And, and if it's a bigger plant, maybe even more than that in the, the lifetime of the plant. And it depends also how fast the thing grows and how neat uh, and bushy we want to make it. So... It's multiple times during the life of the plant. The end consumer really probably doesn't have any idea all of the work that goes into each plant. That's right. Yeah. And also, that's absolutely right. And also, most people don't even know anything about the history of those plants, where they come from. Right. Who raised it? Where did it come from? What? part of the world is it native to does it grow in like sheltered himalayan valleys or does it grow in the top of a mountain right on the top of the alps right. is it, and that's know, going to affect it, how it appears and how it and how what you do with it exactly yeah. and and is it is it out in and you know the middle of the prairies some windswept prairies where mm -hmm. it gets dry and cold in the winter um you know so that's 
one of the things that I would say to anybody that's trying to, you know, get their garden up to speed and think the big thing is to try and understand something about the requirements of that plant. Where does it come from? What does it, you know, what does it need? And if once you kind of get an understanding of where that plant comes from, you can begin to better replicate the conditions that it needs. And of course, what we're doing in the garden is we're taking plants from all over the world, from all of those different environments, and we're growing them together cheek by jowl and trying to get them all to perform to the optimum level. So, you know, it's kind of just, it's important to try and get a better understanding of the plants and the really successful gardeners are the ones who know that and at least have a better idea of it. Talk to me a little bit about why the Bridgeton area. What is it about the location uh, right here, just just on the outskirts of Bridgeton, that has contributed to the success uh, for, what, well, 68, almost 70 years of your plants? Yeah. Um, I think you probably have to talk to some of the uh, local hist- historians, mm-hmm. but traditionally throughout the world, because um, I'm obviously not a local and I wasn't knocking around in the mm-hmm. very early days. And, and just but to be clear, you are the spokesperson though for the Overdevest nurseries, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, as you can tell, I just have a slight liking for liking for for good plants and <laughs> I, I can hear it I can I happen, hear it I happen to get I happen to get to do what I really love doing and, and get paid for it well I guess my question um, really becomes I mean the the current business is is out on uh, West Bowentown Road right here in yeah, Bridgeton now yeah. is that where yeah. the business has always been no okay. no no where did they it start out over in in a small nursery, the other side of Shiloh, uh, mm-hmm. probably about five or six miles away. But what I was starting to tell you a little bit is that, you know, there's nursery centers throughout the world. You tend to have places in the world where nursery uh, has started out. Usually it's because of environmental reasons. I think in the Bridgeton area, because of the sandy soil, because of the flat soil, no stones in the ground. Uh, you know, if mm-hmm. you're trying to, in those days, bald and burlap trees, you couldn't be doing it in a heavy clay soil and you couldn't be doing it where there's soil where there's lots of stones and rocks because you'd never be able to dig the ground. But also often what happens is that there are pioneering nursery people in that area who start out with usually imported, like the Overdevest, imported knowledge. I understand that Ed's parents came from the bulb growing district in in, in Holland. Mm-hmm. And it, so they came from an area and when people came, they they brought with them the skills of the nursery industry. So they would be there and then through time, other people, younger people, would come in to work in the nurseries. They'd develop those skills, then set up businesses in their own nurseries. And in no time at all, it tends to be people all kind of working together uh, in that area, successful businesses, building successful businesses. And I think that's, I'm not sure, but I think that's probably what happened in the Bridgeton 
area. Right. So you can have and, all the technology now, but you know, having that just kind of core knowledge that's been handed down from generation to generation, uh, you, um, you can't beat yeah. it. You can't beat it. It's experience. It's experience and knowledge and also then having the understanding how we can innovate and how we can be different, how we can be better. And that's, you know, that's the stuff that 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 makes agriculture generally, um, you know, it's it's that building of, of, yeah, the old traditional values and skills, but then the innovation that comes with it, the, the thing, because you always have to be understanding how you can be better and how you can move with the times. Right. And do you think uh, technology has contributed to that? Oh, great deal. And more so now, it's like, really, it's amazing. And, and Overdivest is probably one of the most technology-orientated business in the whole of the United States. And, you know, understanding how those computers work, how, you know, the various systems that we have in place all work. And that is, you know, that is very very important, but still having a good grounding as to how, what, what is it that makes plants grow? And then, you know, just pushing the envelope every chance we get to try to understand what it will take to make those plants better each year, just like I described. Right, right. How do you keep track of your inventory and where it is in the pipeline, so to speak? That's a big that's a big issue and that's part of the you know the software programs that we have mm -hmm. on the nursery and it's always a perpetual thing because you know the plants just aren't static they when we put them out those baby ones have to move from the greenhouse then they have to be moved from the potting area out to the nursery then they have to be spaced then as they grow you know, we were, and we also read, and it's very important for us, just like good agricultural practice, we have to rotate the crops. We don't grow the same crop in the same space every year. We change it, and that minimizes, you know, the chances of having carryover of pests and diseases. All part of our sustainability process, you know, where we mm -hmm. try to do things. Um, you know, in the most environmentally sensitive, aware, uh, respect way that we can so that when we're working on the nursery, you know, we'll be using all the modern techniques of integrated pest management and using beneficial insects and, and uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, selecting varieties that have natural pest and disease resistance Basically, you know, anything that we can do to try and um, produce the, the good quality plants, but in the most efficient. And an ads, ed, ed over the best has two words, efficiency and effectiveness. And mm -hmm. that is how the nursery operates. So Words of wisdom, probably the key to many successful yeah. businesses. But yeah, you got you to gotta yeah. know where the plants are you can't forget about them right <laughs> no you have to, and you have to know too how many you have to sell mm -hmm. and and then when you're selling them how many you have left and then you know what we do going back to the integrated pest management thing a minute or two is that we have people that scout the nursery all 300 acres we have people that scout the nursery looking 
for any potential problems, anything that might be coming up amongst all of the varieties. And of course, with all of those 2000 varieties, you have different things that you've got to be watching for because some things are more prone to some diseases than they are others. And so we have people that go out and scout the entire nursery looking for any potential problems before they occur. So we're able to nip them in the bud and that's important. And then another thing we do, talking about the inventory thing, is that we go through and we evaluate our crops regularly every week. We have a team of people who do that, and their job is to, you know, sort out the ones that are coming ready to be ready to be shipped and the ones that aren't quite ready. And, do you grade them? You know, we in that way we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, one of the things about the production thing is that we really go in and grow them as a crop. And then the idea is to try and ship them when they're ready. We don't go through and grade them like apples or something like that, where you would mm-hmm. say, here's a big one, here's a middle size, and here's a small one. We don't do that. But basically what we do is we go in and we ship them, we clip them and prune them and so on, so that they're all almost identical. And then when we go in, of course, there are some that don't make our sort of, I suppose you would call it sort of fairly rigorous standards. And those we don't ship, and Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are left on the bed. So we only ship to our garden centers the ones that are looking at their best. And you have a number of clients, or do you have some that are like your main main clients that are your kind of bread and butter? Well, all of our customers are mostly retail garden centers. And they're, as we mentioned earlier, we all over the locations and we'll ship them. And in some places are big operations, but then there are some that are smaller family owned places, Mm -hmm. very, very nice operations in them in themselves. But because of maybe the demographics in that area, they're, they're not, you know, sitting on the side of an airport, a big city or something. And uh, they're still doing a very nice job and, and a good place to go shop at to get your plants. But, you know, so we, we, we do that. That's yeah. great. That's great. So if someone is listening and they're like, oh, wow, I want to get a perennial that was grown at Overdevest, how do they, mm-hmm. how would they, how would the homeowner know going to a garden center that it's your product? Okay, well, it'll say on the tags, grown by Overdevest. Okay. It'll okay. actually physically say that on the tags. But what know. they could but what they could do, and probably anybody who wants to follow the thing, would be to go to the website that presumably you've looked at mm-hmm. there, which is grown by Overdevest. You'll be able to see the story. You'll be able to see the pictures of the people, the team that's involved with it. More importantly than that, you'll be able to see all those 2,000 varieties that you were talking about. And also, if this Irish accent hasn't turned you off completely against gardening, you might be interested to go to the YouTube channel uh, where we do a lot of videos and and little how-tos and feature and, and profile the plants kind of giving everybody the inside look on some of the top performing varieties for this region. So right. I noticed you've got you've got the the main website which is overdevestnurseries.com but then mm-hmm. on that website there is a link to a different website which is grownbyoverdevest.com. Correct. 
yeah. which is where I guess you can go to find a garden center near you to buy over yeah. to best plants, which is great. And I right. and I was yeah. noticing, I was just going to ask you about the YouTube channel, which is really neat, and an Instagram page. So I'm going to start following all of these. Um, but okay. your YouTube, yeah. you can subscribe to Over to Vest Nurseries. And uh, what are some of the things that you have on the YouTube? Just describe generally. I mean, I'm, lo- I'm just looking. Why isn't my hydrangea okay. blooming? How to prune? Uh, well, yeah. that's what that's this is one great. That we just well, that's one we just post. I literally just posted that a few three hours, hours ago. ago. I can see it. Yeah, this yeah. is fantastic. And, I I'm going to check yeah. this out. Well, you you'll find lots of kind of information on there uh the idea is that we kind of and most of the videos that are on there uh you that one you'll see me talking to the Mm -hmm. camera and talking about how and why the hydrangeas aren't flowering and stuff but a lot of the videos that are on there you'll not see me on there you'll hear me chitter on about the plants but you Mm -hmm. won't see me because you're kind of looking in over my shoulder Mm-hmm. And the the important thing, I think, is that we talk about the plants and give everybody the scoop on whatever it is that, you know, that plant has. And you'll see another thing when you're in on it, too, going back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, is that I try to tell the story behind the plant because it's absolutely fascinating how some of these plants came about. Who discovered them? Where was it that it was found? And a lot of New Jersey plants are featured on there. So you'd be able to find out about things that, you know, were developed and bred and introduced from New Jersey and some of them from the local area. That's so exciting. It is. And and most people don't know. You know, they go along to a garden and say, oh, that looks nice. I wonder where it grew from my garden. They don't know that maybe five or 10 years ago, some plant breeder or introducer was working hard, maybe almost lost the plant, but somehow managed to get it back. And then the, how was it named? You know, there's all these names that come out. So there's, it's absolutely, for me, it's fascinating. And it's a non-told story that I think everybody needs to know about so that when it's in the garden it means much more to you than just something with pretty flowers or smells nice right and you want to know how to take care of it so i mean i i'm going to uh, check out the youtube channel and this is the time of the year right this is the time of the year that everybody's getting excited about starting their gardens and and, where are you in your season right now it's april it's april 8th so what what's happening at the nursery right now oh we're just starting to get going um (laughs) i mean it's sure yeah. We're just starting to get, we're busy, but we're just starting to get going. Uh, when we get now that, you know, the frosts are, are moving backwards and we're starting to get, you know, really good growing conditions, this when everybody wakes up and say, hey, it's spring, I need to be at the garden centre. When really, honestly, they should have been at the garden centre a while ago and they certainly need to go in the summertime and they certainly need to go again in the fall and regular because... Remember, I told you, we're shipping in every week. So a lot of these things, you go in, you see that's looking nice this week. Next week, you go in, that's looking nice. You go in in the summertime when the garden might be looking a little drab and and so on. That's looking good. And then in the fall, and I'll tell you something, you know, a lot of people sometimes won't invite me to their garden because they're scared that maybe it's not looking as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying to them, say, they'll say to me, come in May when the rhododendrons and the azaleas are flowering and so on. I say, 
yeah, but why why not come and because I don't have anything. I said, well, guess what? That's the time you should be in the garden center looking because if there's something flowering, looking nice in the middle of the summer, that's when you're likely to see it and you can put it in. And then the essence of a good garden is to have interest throughout the whole year, even the winter. I so love it. I love it. So I want yeah. some free gardening advice. What what is uh, give us a tip for right now? What should what should folks be thinking about for their gardens in the oh. in the in the in this area in this eastern New Jersey area? Oh, there's there's just there's <laughs> or should we just, just go on the YouTube channel and check it out? Yeah, just go to the, there's so much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, and get out to the garden center, poke around. Just okay. go in there, take a look, walk around. Don't talk to anybody. Just walk around. Just see what's looking good. And then when you scope the thing out and you take a look at it, read the tags, and that's the wonderful thing about today, cell phones and computers and websites and YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, it's absolutely incredible. We'll, we'll go to Longwood Gardens, we'll go to Chanticleer, we'll go to all the good gardens all over the whole country and we'll see beautiful gardens. But what's interesting is those gardens were created when they had black and white catalogs. They didn't even have colored pictures in a lot of those gardens when they were done. Today, and, and they were planting those things that we're talking about when they were bald and burl up. You had to get them in in spring. Today, you can go to a garden center, and there they are in the pot. They're flowering. You can touch them. You can smell them. You can bring them home, and you can plant them at different times of the year. And that's what's exciting. You can move them around and compare one with the other and think, would this yellow one go nicely with a blue flowered plant? Would the pink one work nicely with a white how big, you know, how will they look together? You can create little combinations before you even buy them. It's it's just so much better and easier today. And with computer with with cell phones, you can stand there in the garden center and you can punch in the stuff and up comes the information about that plant. So it's just incredible what how much better and easier it is today because of technology, what your question was mm-hmm. earlier. And all of these plants, all over, so many of them coming right from Bridgeton. That's right. And and uh, that's that's uh, (laughs) and 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 that's what that's what's neat to see them leaving on a truck and going to garden centers all over the Mid Atlantic and northeastern states. And then seeing people pick them up and smile when they see something so beautiful that they can grow at home. I, I remember being in the garden center a couple of years ago, and I'm there and I'm kind of looking around like we're talking about, comparing all the different plants. The next thing I heard this man, and he said to his wife, he said, yeah, come over, Kenny, come over here. Look at this, look at this, look at this. And when I looked at it, it was a beautiful big clematis that had blue flowers. He was so excited when he seen this thing. You could see that, you know, there was something, a plant, that just made that man's day. And he, <laughs> no time at all, of course, he had three or four other people overlooking at them. <laughs> just spreading uh, beauty and joy throughout 
Follow Over to Vest Nurseries at overdevestnurseries.com and grown by overdevest.com. You can also find them on YouTube by searching Over to Vest Nurseries and Instagram slash Over to Vest Nurseries. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you listen. 